Welcome to Cat's Tea and Witchcraft. My name is Fauna and I am your host. This is a witchy podcast for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the social media pages for the podcast at Cat's Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cat's Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cat's Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to Cat's Tea in Witchcraft. This is episode 1 of season 2 or overall episode 26. So today's episode is going to go over the Wheel of the Year. You may have noticed that I have already made an episode on the Wheel of the Year, but this episode is going to dive into other aspects on the topic. This time talking about more of the origins of the modern Wheel of the Year. One reason I am doing a second video is just like you, I am also continuously learning new things and want to keep you updated on the new things that I stumble upon and also possibly elaborate more on additional relevant topics. And it also helps keep individual episode times under an hour. That way, since we are starting to get into that territory where episodes are starting to push 30 minutes, per episode. So sometimes I might split things up and then elaborate later on in separate episodes. Also making additional episodes on similar topics allows me to either correct old information that I may have misspoken on or I may have come to different conclusions and how I feel about something so I can update you guys that way. I'm going to do a little bit of a recap. So what is the Wheel of the Year? The Wheel of the Year is a cycle of holidays that are celebrated by Wiccans, witches, and other pagans. It has eight events that are either called Sabbaths or you can technically just call them holidays. The Wheel of the Year focuses on a transition of four seasons and in some traditions they focus on a variety of European based gods and goddesses. The Wheel of the Year is also split into two parts. There's the dark half of the year and the light half of the year. Four of these events are based on the solstice and equinoxes or also known as the quarter days to some, while the other four are Celtic fire festivals or called the cross quarter days. The quarter days are Yule, Ostara, Letha, and Mabon. And the other four are Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa, and in some traditions they call it Lamus. So in order, these holidays is Samhain, which is October 31st to November 1st, and that is at the same time as Halloween, and All Hallows' Eve is a different name that people use, and it is traditionally a Celtic-Irish tradition from the research that I found. Um, Yule is the winter solstice, and it's December 21st, and that kind of has Germanic and some Roman influences that I have found a little bit. Imbolc is February 1st, and that also has Celtic and some Roman influences. Ostara is the spring equinox, that is March 20th, and possibly has Roman influences and also Germanic. Next is Beltane, that is on May 1st, and that has Irish and Germanic and possibly Roman influences. Letha is the summer solstice, and that is on June 20th. And it has Northern and Western European influences. Lunasa, or Lamus, is on August 1st, and that has Celtic-Irish influences. Mabon has 
Celtic influences and is also the autumn equinox and is celebrated on September 22nd. So there definitely is a pattern on when the dates fall for these events. Uh, it looks like Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa are all around the beginning or the end of a month. So like October 31st or November 1st, February 1st, May 1st, and August 1st. And then the solstices and the equinoxes are kind of around the middles of the month, like December 21st, March 20th, June 20th, and September 22nd. So if you're ever not sure when one is coming up, there's probably one in the middle of the month or at the end of the month. I would also like to disclose, and a lot of people are aware of this, but if you are new and you are not familiar with the equinoxes or any sort of celebrations like these, there are other non-witchy cultures, other ancient cultures that did focus on the transition of the seasons and the sky and the stars and a lot of similar things as well that in the equinoxes um, examples can literally be found all over the world. We know from research and from architecture and different things like that that there were different cultures around the world that have very similar stories they had very similar bits of information and there were and there are still some discrepancies on how some of these gaps or distances between these cultures even by thousands of years or just a couple hundred years or thousands of miles how they share similarities and knowledge that might go beyond normal sharing and traveling and things like that how information used to be spread by either trade or migration. I'm not going to get into some alien rant or anything, but there are similarities in non-witchcraft traditions and just ancient cultures overall. The next thing I have is where did the modern year of the wheel come from and who made it? Since we know that the modern wheel of the year is based off of ancient celebrations that are known to have been celebrated up to a few thousand years ago, maybe probably more thousand years ago, or probably in smaller groups past then, but more so a lot more low key, but not the same in every culture. I'm just going to focus on the origins of the modern witch celebrations and the ones that Wiccans and other pagans focus on today. And as a reminder, most likely depending on the culture that celebrated them in the ancient times, their original names are different from what we use today. So even back then when a couple different societies might have had similar celebrations, they probably also had multiple names and traditions for the same event. And in itself that just makes sense because many cultures have different languages so the names are going to be very different and also what is important to them, and how they celebrate. So in more modern times, it is said that Gerald Gardner helped revive the fire festival celebrations within the witchcraft community, and a lot of that was probably because witchcraft was illegal until less than 100 years ago, and Gerald Gardner is the father, so say, of modern witchcraft, some believe that, but he is the founder of Wicca. He is the establisher of a Gardnerian Wicca in the mid-20th century. But I think at that point, the quarter days still didn't have official names yet. They were just the solstices and the equinoxes. Then a few decades later, Aidan Kelly gave names to the quarter days. Yule was already a name that was already associated with that time of year, so that really wasn't something that was new, 
but he helped establish the name of Ostara, Letha, and Mabon. And there are people who don't actually like to use those names, and some people just think calling them by the solstice name or the equinoxes name is just as good. Um, and I, I don't disagree with that. It could be just as easy to, especially if you don't want to give it like a religious content to it, you can just call it the equinox, the spring equinox, the winter solstice and stuff like that. Just so you don't have that pressure to have to associate a god or a goddess with them because not everyone works with deities. So if you want to do the other holidays or you want to just do certain ones and pick and choose but you don't want to feel the pressure of having to honor a deity, you don't have to use and you shouldn't have to use the names Ostara, Letha, or Mabon, especially if you have alternative names like the spring equinox, the summer solstice, and the autumn equinox. Just as a heads up, I am attaching an article to the episode description that you can look up and it's going to have an attachment for an article that was written by Aidan Kelly on Patheos that was requested by Jason Mankey. So if you want to take a look at that, you can do that after you listen to this episode. So the modern Wheel of the Year definitely has Wiccan influences. So why do so many witches who do not identify as Wiccan still use it? Many witches and pagans still follow the popular Wheel of the Year or some sort of variation of it. And many times it is because it's convenient. It does have some ancient roots. How we celebrate it now might not be accurate to how it used to be because as things change, traditions also change and loss of information and that's okay. Celebrations, holidays, anything we celebrate is never going to be exactly the same over time. Our traditions, our cultures, are all supposed to evolve with us because human life, human society evolves. So nothing is ever going to be the same. And if you think it does, that's, you might have to come to a harsh reality when things start to change and you get a little bit shocked. So it has a little bit of traditional roots and sometimes we do like that, but it's also still a little bit modern. But then for those who are a lot more nature-based, they are holidays that focus on the on nature. It focuses on nature and many witches and many pagans are very attached to nature. So it just makes them feel a little bit more connected to the elements around them and anything else that is associated with these holidays. Um, last week I actually asked a question on Twitter and Instagram about how people felt about the Wheel of the Year and I have a couple quotes that I thought were pretty good that I'm going to read about how people feel about them themselves. Uh, I'm not going to give the names, I'm going to leave these anonymous. A couple of them were on a public post but a few of them were sent privately so I'm not going to give the name just for people's privacy but one of them said I don't practice witchcraft in most ways but I've always loved the concept of the Wheel of the Year. It's a good reminder, especially this gross time of year, I'm assuming they're talking about winter, that we will eventually come back around to summer and sunshine again. The next one says, I think it's a really wonderful way to celebrate the cyclical nature of the year and we welcome it in different parts of it. 
I do think it can be kind of silly to generically say that these are the traditions of this holiday and these are the appropriate ways to perform them just because the realm of witchcraft slash paganism is so widely varied. But I think that is the closest thing to a hot take that I have. That was the second one. And the next one I have is a little bit longer and it says... I think it needs to be pushed more that you're not required to celebrate the Sabbaths. I'm not from a Wiccan point of view, so I'm not sure if they're more entitled to, but I think many assume that they have to celebrate in order to be considered a witch. I personally only celebrate Samhain and Yule. I also bring in more modern celebrations with it. I still do a tree, still do the ornaments, but I bring in a pine cone instead of a log, and we write our intentions on a paper, roll it up, and stick it in the pine cone, and then we burn it. Many just need to come to terms with bringing in their own traditions. It doesn't have to be cut and dry like the books you read says. You also don't have to go all out for them either. If all you can do for Ostara is plant a tulip, then that's more than enough. That's the third one. I like all three of those. They definitely have some really good points. And especially on the third one, I do agree. You do not have to celebrate them at all. You do not have to do anything cut and dry like the book says or like I say or any way like that. You can still make these celebrations your own or give them your own twists. Also, if you find yourself to be really busy, you do not have to feel bad if you miss a celebration or something comes up, or even if you celebrate them a couple days before or a couple days after. Some people do believe that the strength of some of these come on the actual days, but in reality, these days are still probably not 100% accurate when it comes to some of them because days have changed, the way our calendars move. So don't worry about a number on a calendar. Do what you think is right. I would say the more accurate numbers are the solstices and the equinoxes. But to be honest, we do know that calendars have changed just within the past couple hundred years and the dates of these celebrations, the original numbers like the 21st or the 1st weren't the same back then either. So don't worry about the exact day of something because that just adds un unnecessary stress. You don't need that. And also when it comes to different decorations or working with gods or goddesses at all or just anything you want to combine with it, do not worry. So that is all the content that I have for you on this topic today. I'm not saying I won't in the future, but for today, that's all I have for you. But I also kind of want to give a little bit of a review on a new book that I got. It is a new book in general that has recently come out. I have mentioned it once, but I didn't get to start reading it until this week, and I also used it as a reference for this week's episode. This book is You're the Witch by Temperance Alden, and it has been a hot book that people have been buying. I got mine off Amazon. I'm sorry, I know people don't like Amazon right now, but I order my stuff off of Amazon because it's convenient, and there's a pandemic, and I don't want to go places because I have to worry about my health. So You're the Witch. I've read, I think, 80% of it by now. I've gotten to the points that I actually, the information that I need, and it's a lot more than I expected. I thought this book, and I didn't do a deep research in it before. I was like, people like the book. I don't want to, like, spoil anything before. And I thought it would just be 
on the seasons and the wheel of the year. It is a lot more than that. I have so far really enjoyed this book. I don't know if I would say if it's a beginner book, maybe an intermediate beginner book, um, because there are some things that are definitely handy to baby witches or beginner witches or those who are new to the overall community. But it goes over so much more. It goes over talking things about like your intuition. Sorry, I'm just like flipping through this. Um, goes over intuition, elemental magic, talking about spirits on like the lands and your property and different things like that and it also goes over just the idea that you can make the wheel of the year your own and it does come down to like I said what you want and what works for you you can celebrate your national holidays you can celebrate any holidays you want in between as well or combine them as well because we just had a holiday come by. We had Valentine's Day and we also had Imbolc. So why not combine these holidays? Because having a new holiday like every week can be really stressful. So if you can find the similarities in between these times of year or the energies that work for you. And also people have different feelings about holidays and they just might not want to do an aspect of it that others do in just make your own and I like this book because I feel like it goes over that pretty well I don't like any book you're never going to agree a hundred percent with it and there were some things in this that I just like eh, it doesn't work for me not every book and not everything that you read is going to work for you I like to take notes in my books and I've been annotating this book I'm highlighting things I do like and highlighting things not that not that I don't like things but points that I don't agree with but like that's how you learn noting those things down keeping those things at the top of your mind is how you learn how you grow your path so if you are interested in this book as an advanced switch as another reference book because I feel like this is pretty nicely organized I know a lot of older books on witchcraft and wicca tend to be really outdated in some of the information and really outdated in how they're formatted and sometimes it makes it hard to navigate these books even though it should be straightforward sometimes the order of things just doesn't make sense just because it's an older book so if you are interested in any of those topics that i kind of listed off real quick go ahead with it oh my gosh I'm going to leave this in the podcast, but I almost just watched my cat fall out of his six foot cat tower and he was hanging on for dear life and he's trying to act like nothing happened and I don't know what's happening. I just saw the thing swaying and he was holding on with his front legs. Oh my God. But yeah, if if you are interested in this book, I would totally recommend it. I think I got it on Amazon for right around $13, give or take tax from your location or the country that you live in. For me, it was $13 and I have Prime, so I didn't have to worry about that shipping. But I thought it was a good book. If you want a relatively small book and a relatively straightforward book and a book that is just new, because a lot of the resources we use that are hard copy books are old. So if you want something that's fresh, that's not super dense, because this was an easy read. It wasn't 
so beginner. I just sped through it, but it was enough to actually want me to take notes and stuff like that. So I do like this book. So I'd be interested to hear your opinions on this book if you have read it, or let me know if I've convinced you to purchase the book. I would love to hear that I've helped you grow your book, your library, your library of books. Um, so yeah, let me know about that and what you think. Yeah, so just leave a comment on what you think about it or if you buy the book on one of the social media pages on Twitter or Instagram um, that I'll be posting about this episode. So on the post that says, hey, this episode is out, comment on that episode and I'm going to try to tag Temperance Alden in it. So if you love the book, tag her in it or go to her page and let her know how you feel. Give our witchy writers love. This isn't a book that is written as a book just for Wiccans. This is a witch book. It's not Wiccan or Wicca focused. So if you are not Wiccan and you still listen to this podcast, here's another source that is not focused on Wicca because I know there are a lot of witches out there who aren't Wiccan and a lot of the books they have to use are really Wicca focused. And I know that's really aggravating, especially when it's not your tradition. It has a lot of information, but sometimes you just want a non-religious book. So this is now the end of this episode. This is definitely one of the shorter episodes that we have had recently. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the social media pages and just Share them with your friends as well because I would love to grow our little podcast family and to see what everyone thinks and to help more people along their path as I grow and to help other people grow within their witchy, witchy life. So I will talk to you guys next week and I hope this episode was pleasing to listen to and I will talk to you guys in a couple days and I appreciate all of you. Have a good one. Blessed be.